Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford. There's more issues than the travel. I said I just can't do it. Games go on and you don't get a goal. Start to have little questions in the back of your mind. Welcome back to the latest edition this Saturday the 19th of September. This week we preview the Tipperary Senior Hurling Final and chat to a man competing in motorsports most prestigious race. So join me Kevin Galvin on this week's Sportsbeat Extra. This week we talk tip hurling and hear from one manager who says theirs is the blueprint for dual code success. The people that make the decisions up the line, when I'm talking at the very top there, they want to take a hard, you know, good hard long look at how successful this thing has been almost by default. They have questions to ask themselves. And we chat to the man running tomorrow's crunch game as county boards adjust to life with Covid. You wonder is this the way to go from now on? But... There is a different way of doing these things rather than complicating ourselves with, uh, with all these, these, these cross fixtures and the multiplicity of fixtures. But first, it was an enormous pleasure to talk to fellow Corkoni and Matt Griffin this week. Matt is currently hurtling around the Circuit de la Sarthe, reaching speeds of up to 330 kilometres an hour at the world-famous 24-hour of Le Mans race. The Douglas native will be driving 12 of those hours in the number 55 Spirit of Race Car and talk to me ahead of the big event. Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. For me, and I think the majority of motorsport fans, the Le Mans 24 Hour is the biggest uh, motorsport race in the world. Uh, it's you know steeped in history. It's, it happens once a year on public roads, so they have to close the roads for us. And uh, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I, I watched like the Le Mans 24 Hour every year. And uh, yeah, I'm lucky enough that this will be my uh, my tenth consecutive uh, participation in the race. It's just, it's, it's a huge honour. Obviously, usually we have up to 400,000 spectators. This year is going to be a bit different, but it's still, a, it's still fantastic to be here. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite lucky. So you, you said to me you were, born, you were born and raised in Douglas, which is literally just down the well road from myself. Um, I suppose, how does somebody born and bred in Douglas end up driving kind of 100 or whatever, four or 500,000 pound uh, cars around racetracks? Yeah, it, it's... It's a kind of, it's not a straight path, that's for sure. It's, a, it was a lot of twists and turns in it, but it started like like most guys who who end up racing cars started in, in karting. Um, so my dad and I would, um, you know, go off for the weekends in it with a cart and a trailer, and we raced in Watergrass Hill and Mondello, and there was a there was a go kart track at the time in Limerick, and just did that, and it just it kind of started from there. I was pretty good at it, and successful in, in karting so Irish champion and then ended up racing go-karts abroad in the world championship and and step by step you kind of it goes from being a, a hobby into something that you think this is something I can do um probably no different than any sport golf or, or tennis or, or anything like that uh, so when I was 17 I moved to the UK uh, to Silverstone actually um and then that was the the moment where I started to to really work and, and try to build a career as a professional racing driver. And like, for example, 2002, I was teammates with Lewis Hamilton and former Renault. Um, and then obviously he went one way and I, I kind of looked at the direction of more endurance racing. So I, I kind of headed and, and, you know, kind of gave up on, on other dreams and opportunities that normal people do in life and, and went absolutely maximum attack after this dream of being a professional racing driver. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it worked out, which is, which is good. 
It's amazing. And uh, look, um, it's it's so... I mean, Ireland is such a small country and really facility-wise, particularly when it comes to something like GT racing, I know rally-wise, we're, we're very strong, but we don't have a huge amount of facilities. Mandelo is kind of really our only internationally certified uh, track for, for, for that kind of speed. You're racing this weekend in a Ferrari 488 GTE. Um I know a little bit about the differences, but I suppose for your average person, they see a big shiny Ferrari on the street, supercar. What's the difference between that and what you're going to be hammering around the track, the Circuit de la Sarte this weekend? So aesthetically on the outside, you know, they, from a distance they look similar, uh, but once you start to look closer, the cars are absolutely completely different and the only thing similar would be the, the Ferrari badge on the front of the car. The normal car is you know, got an aluminium um, body panels, all our body panels are carbon fibre. The engine is extensively tuned. We have different suspension, different tyres, um, a whole kind of, the, the interior of the car is completely different. We don't have nice creature comforts like, uh, you know, sat nav and CD players, nothing, nothing like that. Um, it gets up to, you know, 50, 55 degrees Celsius inside the car. Um, and the whole thing is just built for speed. So there's, there's, there's nothing um, that makes the thing comfortable. It's just built to make it as fast as, as it can go. And like I said, the only thing that really is carried over from the road car is the basic shape and then that Ferrari badge on the front. So it's a, a different beast altogether. Um, up to 55 degrees, you say, in the cockpit. Now, you said to me, obviously, so uh, for those who don't know, um, the Le Mans 24 is a 24-hour race, obviously. Starts on Saturday afternoon, finishes on Sunday. Usually a team of three um, in the car. Um, but as you say, Matt, uh, you said just before we went on air, that doesn't necessarily mean you'll be sharing the workload equally. So tell us kind of what your what your race uh, 24 hours is going to look like. Yeah, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends which way you look at it. I'm, I'm usually the fastest guy in the car and, and it will be uh, the same this year out of our driving crew. So the, the team want the car to get the best result. To get the best result, they want the fastest guy in it as much as possible. And uh, that's me. So I, I'll 99, with top 40, up at 99%, I will start the race. And for the last two years, I've done um, like 11 hours and 58 minutes or 11 hours and 57 minutes the previous year, which is the maximum um, anyone can do. So it's, um, it, yeah, it, it's tough. And you often do up to three hours in the car at any one point. And to give the kind of viewers an idea of the physical demands, um, I'll burn... Uh, between 800 and 1,000 calories an hour when I drive the car. My, my heart rate averages about 165 uh, during a stint. Um, so the, the physical demands are, are pretty big. And how you approach a race then is super important. So your physical fitness, like I'm, I'm training, you know, just pure fitness-wise, even if you forget about the stuff I do in the sim or actual racing or testing the car, um, I'm doing at least two and a half, three hours a day training every single day, seven days a week. Your weight's important, um, and then your nutrition during the race is massively important because if you think that you know you're you're burning that many calories, you've got to try to somehow get that many calories back into your body. So, luckily enough, with you know racing for Ferrari, we have a lot of um, a lot of people, doctors, physios um, at our disposal, so they kind of look look after that and make sure you're eating the correct way, make sure that you're you know approaching the race yeah, in, in the right way which is which is important and again it's, it's no different than any kind of elite sport around the world it's not just I might be the guy driving the car but there's a whole team between doctors, physios, mechanics, engineers behind us that, that help make it happen 
Um, there's a few 24-hour events over the course of the year. The the WEC Championship obviously takes in quite a, quite a few. Um, actually, there's going to be a 25-hour this year because the Spa falls on that weekend where the, where the hour extends. Um, Spa and Nuremberg ring, obviously, the, the Nordschleife and the whole uh, 24-hour layout there. But what makes Le Mans particularly so special? Is it the heritage? Is it the way the courses is, is, is mapped out with the long Mulsanne Straits? Or what is it that makes Le Mans so prestigious? Le Mans is just something special. Um, as you touched on, it's it's not so much the circuit, it's it's the heritage, and it's and you feel the heritage. And also there's something that's not tangible about it. And for sure, when you look back on your career, if someone said to me, you can have three world championships, or you can have one Le Mans victory, I would take the Le Mans victory. Because if you win at Le Mans, you etch yourself into the history books forever. And legacy-wise, it's important. And, you know, when I when I meet someone on the street and they say, oh, what do you do? I say, oh, I'm a professional racing driver. What do you race? I don't tell them I race in the World Endurance Championship or the European Le Mans Series. My answer is always this. Um, oh, have you heard of the Le Mans 24 Hours? And they say, yes, of course, so that's what I race. So for the normal person on the street, it shows the weight Le Mans carries. And if you're a racing fan like I am, um, as well as being a professional racing driver, I'm a big racing fan, to come here and to, you know, to race on the same circuit that Jackie X raced on and all the, the, the guys that have won multiple Le Mans is, is really, really special and it would be nice to join that, that club. This is Sportsbeat Extra. And of course, the very best of luck to Matt. You can follow the race live up until four o'clock on Sunday, which is the finish on Eurosport across the 24 hours. Tomorrow, see supporters back at senior county finals for the first time since 2019, with Tipperary's senior hurling final likely to attract much attention between Lockmore Castellani and Kildangan. It's been a bumper year for Lockmore in particular, with manager Frankie McGrath guiding both hurlers and footballers to the county final. And McGrath feels their dual code success ends current debate in GA circles about switching sides. on a hectic schedule there for the for the, the past number of months now at this stage like so we have but um, yeah the, the news today that like that at least a, a small group of supporters are going to um, are going to be let in it might cause a few headaches for our chairman and secretary and court to, to, to manage that like but uh, but look at the same time it's, it's great like it, it feels like a, a step forward at least anyway and you know we're looking forward to that yeah, absolutely. And look, I suppose it's something that you don't have to worry about. Tell us a little bit about the campaign that's been. Um, and I suppose, you know, how has this whole kind of situation at the moment um, kind of af- af- affected things like playing in front of kind of empty stadiums? Has, has it been a bit of a strange campaign? And, and will it feel a bit strange on Sunday, do you think? Uh, well, sure, the very first thing is we, we don't even know if there'll be a parade or will there be a programme or, you know, even photographs. Like, you know what I mean? There, there's the usual shows I suppose that you'd um, that you'd associate with county final day but um, look the, the lads have and I'm sure it's so different with Caledonian like that, um, the lads have taken it in their strike like you know they, they know it's an exceptional situation you know with, with COVID and everything like that and um, but they, they've responded terrifically to it like you know so they, they know there's going to be ups and downs along the road you know I suppose a few restrictions and business put in place from time to time but um but they've adapted terrifically well to it like um as far as I'm concerned they're, they're just taking it in their stride 
look, it's been a great campaign. Just the one loss in the group stages against Harley Sarsfields. I suppose, you know, they say you learn more from your from your defeats than you do from your victories. So, I mean, how big a game was that in terms of pushing on towards the quarterfinals? And, and what did you learn from that from that defeat that kind of took you into that, um, uh, you know, that um, knockout phase? Well, I suppose it was one of those games that came early in the campaign. And I suppose our team hadn't quite bedded in. And, you know, the, in the, the group games in particular, um, you will have ups and downs in it, like, you know, to your, the level of consistency. You know, very few teams perform consistently in the, the round-robin stages, like, so we were just using it, um, I suppose, any evening you play Sassers, like, you're, you're looking to see how the young guys in particular cope with it. And, um, right, we, we didn't win the game that evening, but we had a couple of young players there who acquitted themselves very well in the evening, and, and that was a big plus for us. And, you know, give them a grand little bit of confidence heading forward, like, and, you know, so we learned a good bit about it that way, like, as well. So, you know, so we seem to be finding out so we haven't quite found our A game yet, we hope, so, but we keep searching for it, and hopefully we'll be a lot nearer to having it on Sunday. Um, yeah, and Kildang and obviously are the, are the side you face. Look, they're they're, they're county finalists last year as well. Um, no, you know, they, I suppose a kind of a rising force in, in Tipperary senior hurling, uh, relatively, um, in terms of their final appearances. So, kind of, what do you what do you know from them from last year, and and kind of what can you expect in terms of Sunday's game? Well, we're expecting a, a very very tough encounter, like so. Yeah, you know, so you're you're talking about two basically country parishes, like we said that. Our football tradition is well known, but but Kildangan have dabbled that a bit of football from time to time, like you know. And um, the plus side of that for 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 teams like is, it, you know, it creates um, a little bit of a, a physical edge to your game. So we're expecting a really really tough encounter from Kildangan. And, and finally, Frankie, look, um, your 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 great economy for us because uh, we don't have to we don't have to be chasing the, the football manager because you're doing both sides. Um, it's 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 quite a, a feat for for one man to kind of be spearheading a club going to two county finals. Um, we often hear that kind of debate between players playing both codes. Is has there has there been a kind of momentum rolling through Lockmore Castellini this year because you guys have been you know the, some of the hurling lads are obviously winning in the hurling and then they're taking it to the football and there's that kind of there's that winning mentality that's crossing both squads. But uh, this, um, this, this competing at this level um, in both courts is, is nothing new to us. Like we said, you, mm. you touched on 2013 there. But people people tend to forget that, well, in 2014, we contested both county senior championships finals as well. And we have a history of doing it, like we say. Go back as far as 1983, we were in board. 1987, we were in board. Um, 2007, we didn't quite get to board, but, but we were there, thereabouts as well. And we have a whole litany of successes at under 12, 14, 16, minor, up along, like where, where we've completed doubles. You know, so this is kind of second nature to us, like, right, okay, that, that might sound like we're we're plumb-offing ourselves a small little bit, like, but the facts are there. That's all we're doing. We're just following a path that has been 
going on for a long time in our club. And I, I suppose just look, there's county teams that'll be crying out for the answer to this question and probably are the best one to answer or to ask it of anybody. Like, what is the key to, to kind of being able to maintain that across both codes? Because it's such a big issue at the moment. Players want to play both codes, but, but county boards are telling them you, you won't be able to commit to both. And yet you guys are showing that it, it can definitely be done. Well, sure, sometimes you have to... You have to wonder, is it the county boards or is it at a higher authority? Is the dual player just a, an inconvenience to the structure which has existed there? I think it's 1990, I suppose, as Teddy McCarthy famously won hurling and football All-Irelands, but I don't think anybody else has been in a position to, to chase down something like that since. We just find that one complements the other. There's so many games, I suppose, at inter-county level now that, um, you know, it's, 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 it's just impossible, I suppose, to facilitate it, you know. But but um, the system that's there, it has found its way almost this year. But didn't anybody really think it up? It was out of necessity, I suppose, is the way that it, 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 has, um, it has presented itself. And... The people that make the decisions up the line, and I'm talking at the very top there, they want to take a hard, you know, good, hard, long look at how successful this thing has been almost by default. You know, and so they, they have questions to ask themselves. You know, they didn't think up this. This, this is a situation that presented themselves out of necessity, and they should have a good, hard look at it and implement as much of it as can as, as they can as quickly as they can. It's what the, the clubs in particular, and not so much the clubs, but it's what the players themselves at every level are crying out for. Five counties, one big sports show. Sportsbeat Extra. Finally, we spoke to the man charged with making this all work, Tipperary County Secretary Tim Floyd. Well, I suppose, look, we're disappointed, we're, we're not surprised that, that uh, the capacity has been left at 200. Um, you know, we were operating behind closed doors for the last couple of weeks. But I suppose we're not surprised considering that the, the cases, the number of cases are going up in the country and, you know, we weren't expecting anything major, any major change. So even as suppose to be getting in 200, we'd normally be talking about 7,000 at our county finals. So it's a big change. But at least the, the participating clubs will get their real diehard supporters into it. And we're fortunate enough in that TG Carr is covering the senior game on Sunday and uh, we're streaming our own uh, senior B Seamus Arene game. So uh, I think everybody at least will get to see the game in some forms. Um, in fairness, the streaming has been fantastic. I watched the the senior football semi final or a bit of it yes last week between Lockmore and um, and Moyle Rovers. Um, I suppose look, it's kind of it's one of those things that um, look people are saying it's kind of a little bit overdue, and it's great that kind of COVID kind of kicked that on. So is that something that I suppose you'd be kind of carrying on now going forwards? One of the advantages of COVID is that this streaming thing has kind of become commonplace. Oh, definitely, yeah, because we're finding, you know, in the analysis of those that are watching that it's not just uh, the army supporters that will be going to matches, but there's a lot of people out there that are sick and they're in nursing homes and they're aged, you know, and then you have a lot of our supporters are in foreign lands. So the amount of those people that have watched and have seen us on notes of appreciation that at long last are getting to see the games. Uh, so it is definitely something we consider going forward, yeah, and you know, it's it's high quality. We've got very good production people to do the streaming and because um, we've two different companies involved and I would have to say 
they're top class and as you said yourself you saw it and, and it's, it's, it's as good as any you'll see you know yeah absolutely even all the all the, the, the on screen graphics and everything is brilliant um, look speaking of, of Sunday um, how is it all going to work basically you know there's 200 people coming in um, obviously the, the, the talk is the, the issue has been not so much around actually being in the ground, but it's the congregating outside. It's the trying to make sure people are socially distancing as they're coming in and out of the ground. So what kind of plans are in place to, to kind of facilitate all that? Well, I suppose, look, we have, we're fortunate in Simple Stadium in that we have two sides that we can access. You know, you have the new stand side, the Orene side is what we call for the supporters, and then we have the old stand side where the dressing rooms are. So we would... That, the players and the backroom staff would be accessing the the, the old stand Kinan side. Uh, so with regard to that, uh, we just hand in with a county designated officer at the styles with the styles people, and there's a list of 40 handed in, uh, which includes the players and the backroom. So they're they're accounted in on the old stand side, and nobody else goes into the old stand. And then at the new stand side, people can drive into the car park. Nearly everyone that's present will be able to drive in. And um, they'll be they'll be checked at the gate, at the entrance gate to the stadium uh, that they have tickets and that they have access. And then once they have their car parked, well then they'll be checked in at the style. They, they will have it. Everybody that goes in at the Orin side stand will have a ticket that will be scanned on the way in. So when they arrive, that once they're checked in, uh, with five sections going to be open. So there'll be forty in each section, and the. The five sections will be stewarded, so they will be directed. Once one section is full, it will be closed off and they'll go into the next section. And naturally enough, they're in the middle of the field, so the VIP section will be included. So there will be specific um, allocations for the VIP area as well, because that is where the cup will be presented after the games. Um, so that is the general, that's the general picture. And, and are people getting temperature checked on the way in? Because that's been happening at a lot of grounds that I've been kind of going to as a covering matches. No, no, we have no arrangements for temperature. Like at the end of the day, there's got to be some element of, of of people's own responsibility in this situation. I mean, they shouldn't be coming to the grounds if they're not feeling well or they have symptoms. Uh, so, um, really, it's personal responsibility with regard to that. But look, everything is kind of getting back to normal uh, as we're going along. The games, we're back playing the games now. We're down to by the. We'll have all our county finals almost played, our major county finals played by the weekend after next. Mm-hmm. The schools are back open, the pubs are open next week. So we're getting as near to normal as it will be, I suppose, going forward for the next six or eight months. So, um, you know, uh, we may as well uh, take control of it now and learn how to live with it. So, uh, you know, normal life has been restored to the to the extent that we, that's allowed at the moment. So uh, we, we, we might as well get used to it. And you can't really mention normal life and tip without mentioning, you know, the intercounty stuff, obviously defending the uh, champions of the All-Ireland uh, Senior Hurling Championship as well. Um, yeah, despite everything that's going on, it, there must be a big, great buzz amongst the lads, um, especially, you know, they had such that such a special year last year, um, even the minors as well, uh, you know, uh, d- doing well. So, you know, it must be, it must be a great buzz for the lads to be back in that camp together and have you have you kind of got a chance to hear from um, from Liam and, and, and everything that's going on there? I know well, Liam in all fairness to Liam he's been and, and the other selectors now there's another 20 with everyone last year not the minor sorry one of the 20s I was thinking uh, uh, yeah sorry they have, been, they have been very active attending the matches now and because uh, I have to supply with tickets naturally enough for all the matches they're going to and Liam is doing his best I suppose to unearth new talent uh, from the club matches and the club matches have been a fantastically high standard and we've, we've been very pleased 
uh, and like the general commentary from everybody is that the, the championship has been terrific and you know it's it's amazing how things have become so acceptable now more so than there would have been in other years where everyone is playing week week after week and there's no complaints there's no more talking out inside of the pitches and you know and everything is run so smoothly it's hard to believe that it's possible you know and you'd wonder is this the way to go from now on that there is a different way of doing these things rather than complicating ourselves with a, with all these, these these cross fixtures and the multiplicity of fixtures. So we've learned an awful lot from this, and the inter-county scene hopefully will be a, a, a spin-off from it as well, that the standards will be raised, and it'll be, a, I suppose, a new thing in a month's time when we start heading out for inter-county fixtures instead of club fixtures. But I suppose, look, we have the ground plan is laid now, and uh, it should be easy enough to carry it forward. This is Sportsbeat Extra. That's all from this week's Sportsbeat Extra. You can listen back to this and every other episode by visiting beat102103.com forward slash podcast. But up next is Trish with Beat Anthems.